0: Welcome to Define, the podcast making the most important projects in crypto easy to understand and accessible to all. This week, we speak to Paul from Morpho Labs. Good morning, Paul. Welcome to Define podcast. Thank you for being here. Please tell us who are you and how did you get into crypto?
1: Yeah, so I'm Paul, I'm 21 years old, got into crypto. Uh, seven years ago, uh, first working on consensus algorithm and distributed algorithm. So I was more focused in the beginning on, on the blockchain and how they work. And progressively, I was interested in the Ethereum uh, blockchain and how we can build decentralized application on top of them. So started being interested in DeFi in 2019, even though at the time the, the experience was, was difficult. And... In 2020, I I came across the the lending pool mechanism that was introduced by Compound. It was, uh, for many reasons, and I think we'll have the chance to to discuss it, uh, really a breakthrough to me in the mechanism design of how decentralized finance is working. And, And from there, I started modeling DeFi protocols from theoretical point of view and started trying to improve them and finding new primitives New ways of, of doing DeFi, exploring paths that were an expo before. And from there, uh, Morpho was born and co founded uh, Morpho Labs um, a year ago and now working full time on the protocol.
0: Yeah. So, what what is uh, your role in Morpho Labs?
1: So, I'm, I'm CEO at Morpho Labs. And so, like, I do many things, <laughs> including strategy, protocol design, and, and growth.
0: Since Define tries to break the you know, hard concepts of DeFi into easy-to-digest chunks of knowledge that everyone or almost anyone can understand, let's let's get let's dip into that. If you were at a dinner party and talking to someone who's new to crypto, and how would you explain your
1: project in simple terms? Yeah, sure. So Well, the first thing is to remind people that crypto in the first place was about making money exchanges without a centralized service like a bank. So crypto is about making money transfers without banks. And Morpho is about making lending services without a bank, basically. So it's a protocol that is decentralized. So it's alone and autonomous. And it enables anyone to uh, lend assets and borrow crypto assets uh, through uh, the Ethereum blockchain. Basically, and so many protocols does the say, do the same thing, but Morpho is does it in a in a very optimized way, and is particular in the fact that it's built on top of existing solutions. How exactly is built on top of existing
0: solution? Um, what is is what what is wrong with the traditional lending platforms?
1: So lending platforms were introduced, so decentralized lending platforms were introduced approximately four or five years ago, uh, whereas they tried to replicate what's working in traditional finance into the decentralized world. So basically, you had users that, wanted to lend money, so they posted offers uh, where they said, okay, I want to lend one ETH at uh, this rate, uh, 1%, and who's going to borrow from it? And and the problem with such a model is that at the time, in 2018, no one was really using DeFi. So uh, when when you posted an offer, no one was actually borrowing money from it. So it was not working uh, released really, was very, very liquid and and when someone borrowed your money, there was no way you could actually get it back instantly. So those were the very first protocols uh, and was not they were not working in the decentralized environment. So at some point some teams came up with new concepts and and this new concept was introduced uh, like became popular in two thousand and twenty uh, and are known as lending pools. So, lending pools are basically uh, a big pool where anybody can lend its liquidity. So, if I have some crypto crypto assets, I can deposit them on Aave or in Compound, and and yeah, and earn interest on in them. And I'm earning interest on in them because on the other side of the market, someone is actually uh, borrowing the crypto assets and paying interest uh, for everybody. So. Enabling the landing pool was really a breakthrough at the time because it enabled anyone to deposit uh, crypto and directly generate interest and withdraw at any moment. So a smart contract or a user could use uh, Compound or AAV when they want. They could borrow when they want and they could withdraw when they want, which is not something you could have uh, with the first models. So... This model was really uh, finding a market fit in the, in the blockchain environment. And this is why we, we saw, like for example, the DeFi summer in 2020, and we saw Aave reaching uh, all-time highs around 30 billion of liquidity uh, so of market size, so, which is really big. But the trade-off, in order to have this very liquid experience, uh, there was a trade-off. And, and this trade-off was that those lending pools are stacking a lot of idle liquidity, right? In order for anyone to withdraw at any time, to borrow at any time, uh, they have to have the liquidity somewhere in a smart contract that is sitting idle. And it's not working, okay? It's not borrowed, it's there and it does nothing. And this is a capital inefficiency that is actually very visible, okay? Uh, It's very visible because if you go to the Aave website or to the compound website, you you would remark that you have a lending rate that is very low compared to the borrowing rates that is very high. So for example, uh, you could have 1% to lend and 3% to borrow. And so the reason why you have such a spread is because of the lending model. And so basically the idea is that we have much more lenders than borrowers. And borrowers are going to pay interest for everybody. And so lenders are numerous and they're going to share the interest paid by the few borrowers. So for example, if we have one borrower borrowing at 3%, we'll have three lenders earning yields at 1% because they are sharing the yields. And Morpho is really a protocol that is going to solve this capital uh, inefficiency problem by providing a rate which is in the middle, which is instead of having one percent to lend and three percent to borrow, we'll have one percent, two percent, sorry, to lend and borrow. So in the middle, basically. Right. It's,
0: it's it is very well uh, described in uh, the Morpho uh, white paper. But I was still asking myself, how do you how do we track these Peer-to-peer APY and how it is chosen. Yes, so
1: it's uh, so Morpho is introducing a layer on top of existing lending pools in order to match users peer-to-peer. So if uh, Ave exists, then you have Morpho Ave. If Compound exists, then you have Morpho Compound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So literally. Morpho Compound is the same product as Compound, right? You, you supply and borrow crypto assets. You have access to the same amount of liquidity. So if you want to borrow billions, you, know, you, you can borrow billions. If you want to withdraw billions, you, you can withdraw billions. Um, you have the same liquidation model, which is like we replicate on chain the same risk model for liquidations. The only difference basically from a user perspective is that you have uh, an improved rate. So, what you were referring to is that what we refer to as the pure-to-peer API, which is the API which is uh, in the middle. So 2% uh, to borrow and to lend that I was giving in the example. So, one question is the one you just asked, which is how do we choose uh, as, as a protocol the, the mid range? And it's a very tough question, it's very complex. And and one way could be okay. Uh, let's just put it first within the spread of compound and Aave such that Morpho compound is always better for a user to use uh, Morpho compound over compound, for example. Because as a borrower, I'm getting lower rates, and as, as a lender, I'm getting higher rates. And and then where in the spread? Well, there are various models, but one model could be if we have many, many lenders and very few borrowers, we could lower the peer-to-peer APY in order to make it more advantageous for borrowers because it's going to be cheaper for borrowers.
0: So basically you calculate these peer-to-peer APY also by adding, I think the, 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 your revenue model is a, is a protocol fee that is added to, the, um, to that. So is that calculated within or is that like out of the, uh, out of the um, APY calculation?
1: Yes, so Morpho is a lending pool optimizer. So it's improving the yields of lending pools whilst preserving the same liquidity and the same liquidation parameters. And the revenue model that makes the most sense for Morpho as a protocol is to take a cut of the improvement that is made from the lending pool to Morpho. So for example, if a Morpho compound generates uh, 100 dollars uh, on top of uh, of compounds. So 100 dollars of extra money. Then a cut of this extra money would be taken uh, by Morpho. So Morpho uh, is not uh, taking fees uh, at the moment, uh, but the it, it can turn on a fee switch if it desires to 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 do so. So it's a possibility for. Uh, for Morpho to turn that on, a bit like what we were saying with Uniswap E3, like Uniswap in in general. But at the moment, it's turned off. And and the reason is Morpho is a very uh, low-level product, okay? It's uh, at the very lowest layers of of DeFi. Actually, compound and RV are at the very, very bottom, you know, of the DeFi stack. Liquidity always, or sometimes, like most of the time, ends up... uh, on ave and and compounds and morpho is sitting right on top so it's really at the bottom and and usually when you're at the bottom of a a financial product you you try to reduce your fees and you favor volume so this is where we start
0: i think it's also a very interesting use case to explain what proxy contracts are uh, so more for, is is more for a proxy contract or is it i don't know a diamond contract i don't know if you're familiar with the diamond standards and maybe this is a chance this is a chance to tell our audience uh give give a, a possible definition of proxy
1: contract yes okay so in solidity which is the language of ethereum uh that is used to to program uh decentralized application on top of Ethereum, there are different patterns in order for protocol to uh, evolve, right? And uh, for example, upgrade some of its features and it's done through some some very specific patterns known as proxy patterns. And in some cases, you have very specific patterns like the diamond pattern. So it's uh, an implementation uh, pattern um, That will separate the logic of what a protocol is doing, like Morpho, from what is actually written on the chain. And it's very interesting because uh, a community, a DAO, thanks to those patterns, is able to have the the protocol evolve according to, for example, a governance vote by upgrading the logic of a contract without impacting the, it's what we call the storage. Uh, so more for, for some parts of the code, use this, a solidity proxy pattern. It's not We are not using the diamond pattern, so the diamond pattern is very similar, except it enables uh, a, a full scalability of, uh, of the length of the contract. So in solidity, you're, you're limited by the length of the contract and, and the diamond pattern Uh, Enables you to overcome those limits to some extent, and with certain trade-offs. Now, Morpho is a proxy to to, two regards. We are solidity, uh, so Morpho is a solidity proxy. Okay, so it enables the uh, which enables the upgradability of some parts of the code, but it's also a proxy uh, to compound, for example. So Morpho compound is a proxy, but those are two different things. Two different. So one, you have the proxy at the solidity level, and the proxy at the application level, where Morpho acts as an interface, a gateway to Compound or a gateway to Aave, an optimized gateway to lending, actually.
0: Very interesting. So you also mentioned earlier that there is a quite often an imbalance between the number of suppliers and borrowers and basically what Morpho does is giving these um, investors and borrowers um, also, or liquidity providers and borrowers the chance to meet directly and have better APY. How is this selection? How is this match happening
1: exactly? Yes, so maybe i just come very quickly on the the main reasons why you have such an imbalance between between lenders and, and borrowers. So in DeFi at the moment, you have much more lenders than borrowers on Compound and, and Aave. And I would see three reasons for that. The first reason is that loans are over collateralized at the moment in Compound and Aave. So you have to provide more capital than what you borrow. So inevitably, the sum of every loan is such that you have more lenders than borrowers because it's our class. The second reason is that that there there is not such a big demand for borrowing at the moment in DeFi. It was mainly due to leveraged, uh, 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 incentivized uh, borrowing for liquidity mining. So protocols like Aave, Compound. So Aave is not doing that anymore, but Compound is still giving out some tokens so that users are incentivized to borrow. And... The third reason, which is to me the most interesting one, is that Aave and Compound themselves, they, they don't want too much borrowers. They don't want too much borrowers because if too many people are borrowing from the pool, then there is not, no ideal liquidity anymore in the pool. And this is a, what we call an illiquidity risk People, because people will not be able to withdraw anymore. So... The mechanism of Aave and Compound is done in such a way that borrowing rates are higher than lending rates to disincentivize borrowers at some points to borrow too much. And some in some way, the interest rates in DeFi are very constrained by those models, where the protocols themselves are deciding algorithmic ways to say, Okay, this borrowing rate is going to to be very high, okay, because I don't want my protocol to be liquid, uh, which is uh, natural. But in the end, so the interest rates are sort of game because of that constraints rather than games. Um, and so, those three things cause a gap between the lending demands and the borrowing demands. So. This is the main reason. So now, Mofo, to some extent, is solving that problem for many different reasons. So the first reason is that we free the interest rates from uh, the rates model that was given uh, by having compound. So the peer-to-peer API that we were mentioning uh, does not have to be constrained. Uh, by the rates of uh, all the liquidity the of Aave uh, and compound. So it's, it's very free and it could be decided by offer and demand. So that, that's the first point. So if, for example, we are uh, like Morpho is lacking a lot of uh, borrowing demand, then the purely pure API can be lowered to attract more borrowers and reduce this imbalance. Okay, that's the first point. Uh, actually, at the moment on, on Morpho, uh, you have some markets like USDT uh, at the moment where uh, you have more borrowers than lenders, which is not something you don't see at all. Uh, in DeFi. Actually, it's not even possible on compound to have this uh, or on Aave. And on Morpho compound, you have more borrowers than USDT because rates are, are very interesting for a borrower. Uh, and the excess of borrowers that we could not match with lenders are falling back to the pool. So there is a bunch of of borrowers that are are using the pool through Morpho compound. Now, when it comes to the question of who do we match, because I think it was the question initially, like how do we choose who is going to be matched, who is not going to be matched? It's a very open research question. And what we've decided with Morpho is basically to first look at the uh, first-in-first-out model. So it's basically, I'm the first to be on Morpho, so I should be matched first whenever there is a demand for a match. But the problem with such models is that you can have very uh, easily some some sort of DDoS attacks where where people could be supplying a few ways or a few cents of, of money in the contract. And when trying to match people, uh, while borrow, borrower, for example, uh, would spend infinite amount of gas trying to, to match liquidity because it would be matching $1 or $0.01 cent, uh, of the adversary. So Morpho is exploring paths of uh, efficiency where we put... Uh, the data structure of Morpho is going to put some, some volumes, uh, some big volumes uh, forefront in the matching process such that you don't have to do too many uh, iterations and gas iterations in order to match uh, big amounts of liquidity. And even though uh, with this uh, gas consumption becomes too high, then Morpho falls back to the underlying.
0: Mm -hmm. Is this matching engine fully scalable? Uh, Did you draw scenarios and what are the results?
1: Yes, so that's the main point of MoFo. It was no easy task to do, but our matching engine is a constant time algorithm. So it's a, a finite complexity algorithm that ends in every scenario. By the way, we we are about to release a, a, a yellow paper uh, in which we we did uh, uh, eighty pages formal proofs around determination termination of the algorithm and 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 this kind of stuff, but. The beauty of Morpho is that every single function, so provide liquidity, borrow liquidity, repay your loan, or withdraw liquidity, are a combination of two parts. A part which is about matching users, and a part which is about terminating the matching if it was not terminated through the pool. So what I'm saying is that Morpho is going to try to match people tier to tier, but if there is no liquidity or if there is no gas, uh, not enough gas, then the matching engine will stop and we we'll do the rest on the landing. This way, you have an infinitely scalable, some sort of order book within the pool of Ave and the pool of Kampau.
0: I had a question, maybe it's a bit of a naive question regarding to this scenario where you basically are dropped back to the, to the, to the pool, to the landing pool. In that case, since we are using Morpho's um, proxy contract, is my experience at, at a gas level the same as, as if I were using directly the landing protocol or there is like a gas ads that I have to keep in, in account?
1: No, so there is a, a finite amount of gas that is added on top of the uh, underlying pool. So for example, if you borrow capital from Aave, you'd be paying, uh, let's say, 100K in gas. If, if you go to, to Morpho to borrow some capital, you'd be paying first the matching engine, which is of finite size and can be like 100K, and then the, the Aave protocol. So it's an extra cost in, in gas consumption.
0: Right. Coming back to, going back to risks and possible vulnerabilities, what is your current assessment of, I know that you've been thoroughly audited, but still, what scenarios can you draw in terms of risk and vulnerabilities in the future?
1: Yes. So there are mainly three different risks in in lending in general, decentralized lending. Uh, the first being the uh, illiquidity risk and the illiquidity of uh, of, uh, of the protocol, which this uh, make uh, liquidation not possible, and 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 the protocol could go bankrupt. Uh, so the idea with SmallFo is that whether it's for the illiquidity risk or the uh, oracle risk that we'll be tackling in a second, is that we copy on chain, we fetch on chain the data of of the underlying protocol in order to replicate the exact same risk model uh, in in the same condition. So for example, if I'm borrowing a a DAI with ETH collateral, I have a collateral factor, which uh, states that I have to supply more ETH than I borrow DAI. And and Morpho compound, for example, is going to fetch on chain the collateral factor of compound in order to make the exact same uh, thing. And so, from uh, a liquidity perspective, uh, so the liquidity risk is that we Morpho we will be always able to fall back and to tap into the liquidity of Aave or compound, uh, etc. So, we have the nice property that morpho compound is as liquid as compound. If you can withdraw on compound, then you can on morpho compound. If you can't withdraw on compound, then you can't on on compound. So we reproduce the same experience. Now for the liquidation slash oracle risk, which is basically someone that could manipulate an oracle and be able to to game the protocol in order to To steal some funds, uh, Morpho, again, is going to replicate by fetching on-chain the exact same data feeds that the protocol is using. So again, we replicate on-chain the risk. Now to the third risk, which is very different, which is smart contract risk. It's different. Morpho introduces new lines of code. And new lines of code needs additional smart contract risk. So Morpho, compared to Morpho Aave, for example, compared to Aave, is from a smart contract perspective, riskier uh, than Aave. And the core contributors are very well aware of that. And this is why we spend so much uh, time and, and money in security and audits. So, so Morpho, for example, is probably the protocol that was the most audited before launch mm-hmm. because we had uh, uh, trail of bits, uh, Spearbits, solidified, pessimistic two times, and a front end audit with securing, as well as a, a 600K uh, in unified bounty, which is a lot of security efforts. Uh, we are uh, currently about to announce three additional audits. Um, and uh, on top of that, uh, we take a very academic and formal prove, uh, proven approach. So we, we have an internal uh, PhD. Uh, in formal proving that is basically uh, formalizing every single part of the code and proving that it actually works the way uh, it should work and, and proving also some nice properties like the improvement of Morpho compared to the pool, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, So we are working closely with Certora, uh, the automatic formal prover, in order to provide the um, cutting edge uh, security for Morpho, I would say, and almost the probable Provable security of the protocol, in order to minimize the only extra risk that Morpho introduces.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. I really appreciate when someone goes full disclosure on the on the on the possible risk. It, it means yeah, sure. Uh, People yeah.
1: have to be aware, right? Uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. But from a, a very theoretical perspective, if if you, if you take Morpho from a theoretical perspective, it, it provides the same service as compound, but with better rates. Yeah. So it's an improvement to that regard. Then in practice, you have smart contract rates and it's necessary that people know that. Yeah.
0: It's also interesting how um, many DeFi projects can be better understood through learning the constraints and the challenges that founders went through. So what would you say have been the main challenges that, Morpho Labs had in putting up Morpho in terms, could be regulations, could be multi-chain, could be, uh, again, securing a a proxy contract?
1: Yes. So first I would say, obviously, regulation. uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but of course, regulation are not ready for DeFi protocols, especially in Europe, and it has been acknowledged by the European Parliament. And hopefully it will be a solved problem in the the coming years. Uh, So it was surely difficult for us to know which legal setup that we were going to adopt. And most of the team is from an academic background and uh, we were really not comfortable with having an offshore setup, which is pretty standard. Uh, in, in the space. And so we put a lot of efforts in designing a complete setup in France that is sustainable and that is uh, going to be open source in order for anyone to bootstrap its own uh, legal setup uh, in France uh, as a French team. And so we're very proud of that. Uh, it, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, neat uh, setup and clean setup that enables us to to feel comfortable, even though uh, the jurisdiction is still, you know, uncertain uh, and especially we're very uncertain of, of what uh, Mika, the European regulation, is going to pull out in, in two years. Uh, but I would say this was number one. The number two, uh, I would say, is that innovating in DeFi is quite complex for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is that you have a lot of paradigms and frameworks that were invented uh, like over the last four years. And it looks like people are not trying to get away from those models to find innovative ways of, of solving problems. There are a couple of protocols working on very different ways of solving problems. But for example, the liquidity pool, is something that you have in every single protocol. Like every single protocol is using uh, a pool at some point, but pool are known to be capital inefficient. And, and no one or almost no protocol is trying to solve some sort of very structural mechanism design problems. And we're more focused at the moment, in my opinion, on, on taxonomics design or application design rather than structural mechanics of the protocol that could improve the efficiency of DeFi and make it more competitive with traditional finance. So the challenge for us was innovating while being able to profit from the tools and the standards that were uh, put in place in in Solidity, for example. You have a lot of standards that are here, a lot of security standards as well, but uh, they are... uh, according to some frameworks that are widely adopted, but not necessarily the best. So the simple idea here is that innovating in a very security constrained environment, uh, you have to be very careful because when you design a completely new mechanism, uh, it was not valid tested before and and you have to uh, take security very, very seriously and take maybe longer than what uh, another protocol would. uh, But you're doing like actual uh, improvement. And also, the second point I wanted to mention is that there is, in my opinion, a bad shipping pressure to funders. So it's a lot about shipping, shipping, shipping. And sometimes I'm just like, security first and relevance first. And this this shipping pressure and shipping pace sometimes push founders to do too many things or ship too many things and bad quality, I would say, or not sufficiently secure protocols. And uh, uh, talking to many founders, I think some of them are really feeling that pressure, the pressure of the token that is liquid as well is another thing. Uh, But the Twitter pressure of having people only... You know, putting the emphasis on protocols that ship stuff uh, can be adversarial, I think, in the long term to the DeFi ecosystem. And so, those two were the problems I would say we faced. But in the end, we overcame everything, and very happy with what we have at the moment.
0: Yeah, right. So, rephrasing your 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 answer, what would be the top three list of things that you would like to see for your project to release some some weight and something from the ecosystem to happen that would release momentum and help projects like yours thrive better?
1: Yes, so I think the ecosystem uh, in general, not just Morpho, for uh, needs a more scientific approach of the project and a more rigorous approach of the project uh, of course, we're having a lot of fun in Web3. It's less, it's much less taken seriously. I mean, things are serious, but it's a it's a pleasure to work in an environment where where people are uh, you know are not necessarily wearing suits or have funny Telegram stickers, uh, those kind of things. But I think that putting that aside, when it comes to protocol design, when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, we have to take a more serious approach to what we should talk about on Twitter, what we should advertise when making a spread and making sure that we understand deeply the mechanism design of the protocol before you know putting it putting the, the emphasis on it or investing in it etc so rationalizing more the ecosystem is. Uh, needed in my opinion. And and bear market, to some extent, uh, is quite beneficial to the ecosystem for that, right? In in every cycle uh, that we've seen so far in crypto, bear market were like the the amazing time to work on on new concepts and rationalize, like investment, rationalize advertisements and, and communication. So I think it's needed to have, I would not say an academic approach, but more of a, uh, a serious and rigorous approach while, while preserving the very friendly uh, and open aspect of DeFi, where you can have a lot of fun while working, which is very precious in my opinion as well. So, yeah, th- that would be uh, the top thing. Uh, and then, second thing is to focus more on security. Yeah. I know I've been talking a lot about this, but I still see a lot of protocols that do not audit what they're releasing or do not audit. Uh, like it's it's a case of almost every protocol, and and sometimes like uh, we forget that it's very much easier to find a hack in the protocol than uh, it would look like. And and one thing is sure is that you have a ton of protocol at the moment that have like, critical vulnerabilities in the world and that were not found yet. So I think security has not been taken sufficiently seriously. Uh, in DeFi, and we've seen, especially with the Rex leaderboard, which emphasizes that a lot, that we've been losing billions uh, in this space because of that. And probably the reason why we, we we've been facing a DeFi winter, for example, is that because smart contract risk is taken seriously by investors, and you can have a better API, but the risk, the count, like the, the risk of the smart contract, can be so high that. Uh, it's DeFi is less attractive, right? And and the end goal is really to have those optimized primitives that are secure and proven to be secure uh, in order for anyone to use. And if it's not taken seriously, then we're lacking credibility to the traditional world.
0: Right. This is more a gag than a question, but do you think that there is a direct correlation between deciding to establish a company offshore and... Having this serious approach towards mm-hmm. shipping, do you think that actually you know taking putting on the putting your face at stake publicly in your own country makes it gives yourself a little bit
1: more attention? It's, it's actually a good question. So I don't think it's a a, a coast. Like uh, I know a lot of projects that are working offshore and that have excellent team and excellent security, and there is nothing to doubt about it or or whatsoever. But probably the fact that MoFo had a very, you know, academic approach, and we we're, were not uh, uh, some researchers were publicly known before. You kind of have this social pressure of doing things seriously, and I, I never thought of it this way. But it could be that this was one of the reasons why we we, we took security seriously. While if you're an anon, then maybe you would care less because potentially your reputation uh, can only affect your pseudonymous uh, personality rather than your true, true social reputation. But I would say it's just a consequence for us. does not mean that like uh, an unknown would do things uh, uh, in a bad way. Of course, not like you have a ton of uh, a very, very good security engineers and especially security engineers try to remain anonymous uh, in those cases. So, um, so yeah, but it could be that the fact that we are like have this academic and approach uh, put us to like focus so much on security.
0: Right. Something that I was pleasingly hit by Morfo is also the narrative that it, you know, the the whole concept of the of the um, Chrysalis and and butterfly etc. and I think it's I think it's somehow related to your roadmap. So can you tell us about the future of Morpho and this stage evolution that your mascot is uh, is basically going through?
1: Yes, absolutely. So Morpho is a butterfly. It's a blue butterfly living in Colombia, and it's beautiful, by the way. And the idea is that a butterfly starts as a caterpillar, a caterpillar that is tiny and, and, and living in an apple, which you could consider a bull, and you need the apple to, to survive and to have some sort of launch pad and to, to become something much more important. And so Morpho is reintroducing all the books thanks to the liquidity pool. Because books had liquidity and gas problems, pools did not have those problems, so Morpho decided to combine the two in order to, to, to reintroduce this more efficient concept. And so our vision for Morpho is to build the optimal independent lending protocol. So making optimal lending a public good, really. And and so the end state of that is probably to rebuild some sort of lending order book or blockchain-specific lending order book. So not a traditional order book, but something a bit different that is much more capital efficient than what we see at the moment. And so that would be the independent version that does not need uh, Ave or Compound or any lending to work. So that would be the butterfly version. But to go... From the caterpillar to the butterfly, uh, we would probably need an intermediate step, which is chrysalis, which is about progressively building an order book inside the ball in order to transform into something that is independent and living without the need of any other problem. So that's basically the vision here uh, building the most efficient and optimal uh, lending service as a public good uh, in order for traditional finance to look at DeFi and say, hey, not only this is cool because it's decentralized, but it's also cool because it's much more efficient than what we see in traditional finance. It basically reproduced the efficiency of traditional finance, but without the middleman and without the infrastructure cost of having 1,000 banks doing the same thing. So the end goal for MoFo is opening a... Uh, an efficiency in lending that was never reached before, such that traditional finance can get interested uh, in decentralized lending, which is not the case at the moment. Rates are too low at the moment to interest uh, traditional finance.
0: In terms of competitors and competition in the same, within the same paradigm, uh, can you mention initiatives or protocols that are attempting to place themselves in the same area as Morpho?
1: I don't think there is any in in the way we do it, Uh, probably because it's very, uh, I would say, we're not going the same path as other protocols. We don't even use a pool. We have a a TVL of, uh, uh, depending on how you calculate TVL, but basically there is no money on more contract, right? So it's 100% capital efficient. So money is either fully borrowed or on the pool. So we don't fit in the traditional DeFi landscape, to be honest. And there is no protocol doing uh, things similar, in my opinion. However, uh, you could say that Eastland, Dharma, and other peer-to-peer lending protocols that existed in the... 2018, 2019, uh, were similar to Morpho, except that now Morpho is also connected to the pool and has a bunch of very cool new concepts uh, that did not exist at the time. But yeah, there's nothing quite like it at the moment, at least from what I know. And the goal for Morpho is really, you know, to create as many partnerships as possible to be very open also in the way it evolves, such that someone trying to compete with Morpho would actually try to contribute to Morpho and get funding from MorphDA and work together on the same public good. So this is why I I, I truly uh, love the public good approach of of, uh, DeFi protocols is because we can all work together on the same plane And competition, in my opinion, in the long-term, in DeFi, in decentralized protocols in general, is not something we'll see if protocols tend to adopt the common good approach. And so I would try to make Morpho uh, as decentralized as possible so that anyone would be incentivized incentivized in making Morpho better rather than uh, you know, trying to replicate it and twisting one or two things. Okay,
0: Paul. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really love the going through your white paper. It's a, I really love the vision, the academic approach, and I would suggest everyone to go to morpho.xyz and read the read the white paper. It's like twenty pages long. It's comprehensible. And in general, I think this is a good habit to to take in, especially dealing with DeFi. Read white papers, try to understand them, ask direct the right questions, and extend your knowledge of the of the subject. Do you have any final statements that you want maybe to address?
1: Um, no, just encourage people to to read the white paper, and we we are soon be releasing the yellow paper, which is. The formal model of Mofo, which is much more of a complex read, but still very interesting uh, in, in the coming months. So will be very happy to, to share that as well when, when the time comes. Uh, but yeah, hope people had a great time. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll look into, into the protocol a bit more. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.